Amen. Peace of Christ be with you. Happy Monday and happy beginning of February. Yes, this is, I want to give one little pastoral admonition. This is the month, February. This is what I call the Ecclesiastes month. There's nothing new under the sun, except for today, there's usually not any sun. But this is the month, this is the month that if you get it done, if you are faithful, March and April, and then that wide open country of salvation called summer is worthwhile, but it starts now, beginning of February. So I want to just encourage you as we step into this month, dig in, do the really good work. And there's so much good work to do at a college like this. One of the things I love about a college is it's a crossroads. This is a moment of your life that's a crossroads where you're making important decisions about who you are, what you're about, what you're going to study, who you're going to love, who your people are. But it's also, a college is also a crossroads of culture where important and significant people come and talk and visit. And it's my great opportunity to introduce to you Heather Dill, who is the president of the Templeton Foundation, who's on campus with us today. The Templeton Foundation is one of the nation's premier foundations that is investing in people and programs around, not only in the country, but around the world. Hundreds of millions of dollars come through this foundation, all under the leadership of Heather. And she is here today to talk to us about uh, the wisdom of uh, spiritual investment. Would you please welcome Heather Dill to Hope College? Well, good morning. I am delighted to be here at Hope College. I want to thank the worship team. That was beautiful and God-honoring, very meaningful to me this morning. I hope you're delighted to be in chapel. I did not go to a school where there was chapel on a regular basis throughout the week, so I don't know what it's like to come from a class and to stop here for 20 minutes on your way to another class or on your way to lunch, so I can only imagine there must be a number of things on your mind this morning. But take a moment with me. I counted a great honor to address a group of undergraduate students and faculty and I want to share a few thoughts that I hope will encourage you in your studies. Let's begin by taking a look at the scripture I selected from Matthew 25. In this section of the gospel, Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven. However, I want to extrapolate a bit from that, just a bit, and apply it to you as students here at Hope College. So starting in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. He who had received the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of our master, of your master. Now the rest of the story goes on to describe what happened to the man who received one talent. 
As many of you know, he did not double his money. He did not realize any return on the investment that the owner of the talents had made in him. I stop with verse 23 because I want to focus on the two men who were given five talents and two talents. They doubled their master's money, and the master gave them more. I have the privilege of working for a private foundation, and I want to talk about our work because in many ways our work reflects key aspects of this story. So a question for you, how many of you have heard of private foundations? How many of you know what they do? Put your hand up if you really know. Let me see a raise of hands. How many of you know? Just a few. Actually, that's a great place to be, so I can tell you a little bit about private foundations. So what do private foundations do? We give away money. And we can give away money because generally there is a person, or sometimes a couple, who decide to dedicate their wealth to charitable causes. A private foundation is kind of like one of these servants from the story. We receive some talents, if we use the talents wisely, we make the world a better place. We double our talents through the grants that we give. The John Templeton Foundation is one of these private foundations. My grandfather, John Templeton, established the Don John Templeton Foundation in 1987. He was an investor who started a mutual fund company. He sold his business in 1992, and he spent the rest of his life working to give his money away. When you create a private foundation, the money that you put into that private foundation becomes fully charitable. You can't get the money back to spend on your next vacation. You can't pass the money down to the next generation for their own private use. The goal is to take the talents, help the money grow by making sound financial investments, and increase the world's wealth by spending money on charitable causes. And of course, private foundations support many noteworthy causes. Let me just mention two. Bill and Melinda Gates, hopefully you know Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft. They together created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which became known for seeking to completely eradicate malaria, among a number of other great causes. Henry Ford is another one who created the Ford Foundation many, many years ago. And today, the Ford Foundation is focused primarily on ridding the world of inequality. Other private foundations focus on improving education. Private foundations were instrumental in creating the library system, the public library system we know today, and implementing systems like the 911 emergency call system. But at the John Templeton Foundation, we think about increasing talents in a different way. My grandfather spent his career helping increase the material wealth of individuals. And in fact, he took this task quite seriously. As a mutual fund manager, you also are kind of like the servants in the story. People entrust you with their talents, with their money, so that it will grow and multiply in order to provide for their child's education or for their retirement. Once my grandfather sold his business, however, he turned his attention to increasing the world's spiritual wealth. And he created not one, but three different philanthropies to make grants and to help us multiply our spiritual talents. So what do we mean by increasing the world's spiritual wealth? We do not fund direct poverty relief. We do not respond to natural disasters. We are not trying to eradicate disease or advance technologies that make human life better. We seek to improve the human condition by increasing our capacity to live meaningful, purposeful, and virtuous lives. 
Think about it this way. One of your talents is your mind. You can think, reason, write, and communicate. And you can use all of these capacities to expand your knowledge and to develop skills that will bless others through the vocations that you pursue. Our philanthropic work focuses on key questions that help you expand your mind and your understanding of the world. Let's reflect on a few of these questions. Why does group identity seem to define how we think about ourselves? Research that we have funded shows the importance of social bonds. We know that social connections stimulate certain areas of your brain, and these social relations have an impact on how your brain functions. This can be both positive and negative. But we've also learned that certain kinds of therapies and trainings can increase compassion and generosity toward those who are like you and also toward those who are different. If you're still curious about that question, I invite you to look at our website at templeton.org and investigate some of the funding we have given to something called positive neuroscience. That's the first question. Second, is it possible to forgive? We have funded years of research that strongly suggests it is possible for all of us to forgive, to forgive even our deepest wounds. There's actually a five-step process. It takes time, of course, but by recalling the hurt, cultivating a sense of empathy, declaring that you forgive, and then committing to that emotion of forgiveness, you can forgive. And we've come to better understand the mal-effects of unforgiveness. Are you still curious about this question? Then I invite you to check out this video on the YouTube channel of one of our sister foundations, the Templeton World Charity Foundation. Last question this morning. How can I better understand someone who thinks differently than I do? It's hard. Studies show that we react to attacks on our beliefs in the same way that we react to attacks on our physical safety. Moreover, we like to surround ourselves with people who think like us. But you can actually make a decision to engage with new ideas. And that starts by admitting that you, that we, do not know all the answers. In addition, research also suggests that those who are willing to test their deeply held beliefs are in a better position to defend and articulate what they think and believe. Are you still curious about that question? then I invite you to watch this short video on the YouTube channel of the John Templeton Foundation, The Joy of Being Wrong. These findings come from the research we have funded, and they are all aspects of spiritual wealth because, I'm convinced, they increase our capacity to love, to serve, and to explore. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning. Remember, God has given you a set of talents. Your mind is one of those talents. The opportunity to be educated is another talent. When you pursue your studies with determination and dedication, you are growing your talents, both your material talents and your spiritual talents. My task as the president of a private foundation, as the steward of the talents we have been given, is to come alongside you in your academic pursuit and to produce the kind of information that will expand your mind. The parable of the talents is not about education, but it is about making the most of the gifts you have been given. And so I ask you, are you still curious about this? And in a shameless, but honestly, an earnest appeal, I invite you to explore this concept of spiritual wealth on our website at templeton.org. You can sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter at the bottom of the front page. 
I invite you to follow us on Twitter where we link to dozens of articles about spiritual investments and spiritual wealth. At the very least, it might be a good topic for a paper or a research project. And finally, I invite you to peruse our YouTube channel for the John Templeton Foundation where you can see some of our work in action. Like me, you have been given many different talents in, in, to use in service to others. And I hope that you will think of your talents as opportunities to increase the world's spiritual wealth and not just the world's material well-being. Thank you very much.